Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. All right, we're talking about hedges. I want you to go to the uh, definition that we're talking about. This is our last message in this series of five, and then I start something else in the... uh, near future here next weekend, but this is where we uh, will wrap it up this weekend, but I have a very good and strong word for every one of you, and I think you'll enjoy this. Hedges, in the scripture, is uh, the divine strategic protection around his people against any and all weapons. Everyone shout the word any. Okay, any and all weapons. We don't know the intentions and the attacks of the enemy. We do know that he doesn't like us, and he tries to do things against us harass, harm, destroy. God's working us and around us. Now remember, the greatest thing the enemy wants to do is destroy the work of God in you. If God is developing anything in you, as in grace and faith and forgiveness and love and and growth and hunger for the Spirit and hunger for the Word and prayer and repairing relationships and building a better home and all the stuff that's going on in you, that's the most important stuff. The most important thing is God working in your life, God changing, transforming you, and you progressing in the kingdom of God. And so the enemy comes in to harass the work of God in your life. He tries to get you sidetracked with condemnation. Tries to get you sidetracked with other carnal habits or something that's maybe going astray in your life that you will focus on that one failure. Or you will focus on that one problem that you can't quite overcome. And before you know it, you start losing ground in your growth with Jesus. Start losing ground in what God wants to do in your life. Hedges build something around you that protects you from where the enemy would like to invade your life. All right, Job 1 and verse 10. Have you not put a hedge around him? Now, this is the pilot scripture that we have been delving into. Have you not put a hedge? Simply, it did exist. It does exist. It's invisible, powerful. But there is in the kingdom of God a thing called a hedge, uh, some kind of a surrounding firewall, something that goes around our life to protect us and his household and everything he has. You're blessed. Everyone say the word blessed. Now, if you have your Bibles, and most of you do, go to the book of Job and make sure you circle this key word today, blessed, blessed, blessed. And you have blessed. Everyone say the word blessed. You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. So there's a blessing that comes upon Job. Five hedges that I've gone through is Prayer, personal, relational, possession, and favor. We're on to the fifth hedge today. These are the five hedges. If you want to download them off our web, they're free. You can get them, put them on your iPad or uh, somewhere and listen to them again. I think might be healthy for you and healthy for all of us to rehear the word, think about the scriptures, and then a lot of us miss services. You know, we're not here every week and every campus and sometimes working in a nursery, sometimes doing this, sometimes we sleep during church. And so you need to go and get that message and download it again. And hey, I'm happy if you sleep in church. At least you're sleeping in church. I'm happy about that. At least you made it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can sleep here. Turn to your other neighbor and just say, Jesus is not happy with that. Okay, 
So we're talking about the five hedges, and so we've dealt with the prayer, personal, relational, and possessions. Now we're dealing with the fifth hedge, which is the favor hedge. Now, I want you to take down this word blessed, all right? This is the key foundational word for this particular message. If you get it and you understand it, you'll know why I'm pushing this direction on building this thing called the favor hedge. Let's take down this definition on the word blessed. This particular Hebrew word used right there in Job 1 and verse 10 where it says, and God blessed, everyone say blessed, blessed. He blessed the work of his hands, which is something to do with what is in you and what you apply in your career and your job and your life and your destiny and the things you go after with your hands. Your hands speak about a lot of things in the Bible. And so he blessed. The difference between success and failure many times is the blessing of the Lord. So if the blessing of the Lord is upon a person, if there's an advantage edge, if there's something going on with God involvement, this word becomes very important because there is something going on with God involvement when we understand the blessing of the Lord. Invoke in divine favor, both now, everyone say the word now, Okay, so I want the, the blessing of God now, but it also says that it will bless me in the future. So it's now and in the future. Why? Favorable circumstances. God begins to put together and arrange circumstances in my path. God begins to wire me for the future. God pre- begins to prepare me to go through doors I can't even see yet. Arranging relationships and arranging things at the right time and the right place with the right person that I move into. And I don't even see that as the blessing of the Lord necessarily. But God is at work putting all this together favorable circumstances in your job, in your business, in relationships, favorable, not unfavorable, but favorable. God is working all these things out for your good. And as he weaves that tapestry together, we call it the blessing of the Lord. Endued with power for success, prosperity, longevity, and influence. We're not afraid of the word success. It's a good Bible word. We're not afraid of the word prosperity as with a purpose. We're not afraid of the word influence, as in good influence. We're not afraid of longevity, as in leading a long life for God. And so these are all Bible words, Bible concepts. They belong to you. But the devil comes along, and he begins to attack our mind. And as he attacks our mind, we begin to lower the standard of our expectation of how we will live. And so when it comes to success, we just go down a few notches. When it comes to relationships, we've had a few problems and a few failures and things have happened, so we take it down a few notches. When it comes to influence, we have a funny personality or we think we do or we have something going on over here and we don't think we should have influence, never will have influence, so we take it down a little bit. Remember this, the devil of your soul, the devil against you, the devil and all his little helpers wants to harm and destroy your life so that you will never live a full, abundant life in Christ so that you will give up some ground. And as you give up the ground, he always occupies that ground with distractions and things that are lesser than the will of God, lesser than what he wants to do in your life. But he'll get you to adapt to it. So you begin to adapt to a poor relationship. You begin to adapt to a poor dating habit. You begin to adapt to a poor financial budgeting habit. You begin to adapt yourself down instead of up. Now, if that's you, don't 
don't, don't shake your head. Don't raise your hand. Don't do anything. Don't even wiggle. Don't even think about it. Just uh, accept what I'm saying. If that's you, you need to change that. That is not something you want to accept. That's not something you want to live with. That is not something you want to grow with. That is something you want to put into perspective. And I'm going to show you exactly how to do that in this particular message so that you will find the blessing of the Lord upon your life in a very, very real way. Now, I want you to also look at what I mean by the favor hedge. Okay, this is the favor hedge. The favor hedge, of course, is built by you. There's a cooperation with the sovereignty of God every time. You gotta cooperate with the sovereignty of God. He's not just gonna drop the hedge around you. You have to put on the armor of God. You have to grow in Christ. You have to confess with your mouth. You have to do some things. And this particular definition begins to sow into your life. How do you build a favor hedge? It's built by recognizing. Recognizing and what? Believing. Believing and what? Receiving and doing what? And declaring. And so when you begin to recognize, okay, there's a favor on my life. What is the favor? How did it get there? How can you sustain it? Do you deserve it? What's going on in your life? What do you mean favor? How do you understand and believe for the favor of God upon your life? And if you understand what I'm teaching today, then you'll begin to actually declare the favor of God upon your life. It requires, and this is the most important thing that I can say to you, it requires a mindset. And a mindset is simply the right way to think. And you know that the enemy will begin to get into your mind and you start thinking wrong about most things. And before you know it, you think wrong thinking is almost uh, normal thinking for you and because you have a wrong mindset about yourself. I don't deserve to be blessed. My whole family tree is not blessed. I don't have a lifestyle to bless. I failed too many places. I don't know how to make wise decisions. I'm not sure I'm doing the right thing. I don't know how much God wants to put into my hand. I don't even know if I understand God in that way. And so you begin to have a mindset that is wrong. Now for you to establish a place of blessing and build a foundation for blessing, you have to change your mindset. And changing your mindset, you begin to believe that favor is for me. Favor is for me. Favor is for me. Why would God want to favor me? The devil will say, you are not the favorite son. You are not the favorite daughter. Maybe it comes out of a poor relationship with mom and dad. Maybe you're not the favorite kid in the family. Maybe you were not ever treated favor by any of the uncles or aunts. Maybe you are not feeling like you're anything special at all. And so you do not have a favor mentality where you actually believe that God wants to favor you or would favor you or even notices who you are. And so that mindset is actually a resistance to what God wants to do in your life and it will take from you what God is going to do in you and that is bring a reality of favor into your life. So it begins with building a hedge where you do believe, you do establish some kind of a thinking pattern and out of that comes something good. Now here's a great scripture, Psalms 5 verse 12. I hope you turn there and circle the scripture. Psalms 5 and verse 12 says, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. Now remember, it's not by works. Your righteousness is not by what you do. It's in Christ. It is in the blood of Christ. It's in the cross of Christ. And so you, you're not righteous and holding your own uh, idea up of righteousness. We're talking about a biblical righteousness that establishes yourself in God. And it says in the Bible, you surround them with your favor as with a shield. 
So favor becomes a surrounding or a hedge. It's also a shield. It keeps out those things that shouldn't come in. It keeps out those things that tear down what favor can bring. It keeps out those things the enemy would drag into your yard like an old cat or a dog going to get some old garbage and dragging it into your yard. What do you do? You go beat that dog. Well, maybe you don't, but you yell at the dog and you get rid of that garbage. You don't let him just drag some old cats and some old garbage into your yard. You would never allow that. And so it is in the spiritual realm. Favor builds a hedge that keeps out those things that the enemy would like to drag into your life so that he can drag your life down and you actually start thinking that you cannot be favored, that you're not really going to be blessed and you don't even believe for blessing. There's no declaration in you for blessing at all because of all these things. So I want to establish a favorite foundation for you so you understand what I'm really saying. Here's my prayer. I wrote this one out because I want you to pray it. We are a talking out loud church. How many know that? I think it's good for church to be involved. This is not a football game. This is church. And in church, it's not a spectator sport. It is everybody in the body of Christ growing together. Can I hear an amen? amen? And there's something in the Bible about your words. How many know there's a lot in the Bible about your words and your mouth and your confession and your declaration? And, and if you're alive, it says that if there's life in you, there's words in you. But when there's death in you and darkness, there's silence. You will not declare. You will not pray. You will not do anything out loud because there's death in you. We don't allow that. We, we, at City Bible Church, we don't like the devil. Can I hear, can I hear an Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, we don't like the devil. We don't like him. We don't like what he does. We don't like what he represents. We don't like the devil. And so we like clean air. Everyone say clean air. Clean. And clean air for us sometimes is just prayer and the word and just getting ourselves on the right foundation. All right, here you go. Everyone out loud. Everyone together. Every campus. Everybody. Open your mouth. Get a deep breath and pray this out loud with me. Lord, today I believe receive, and declare, I have your favor in my life. I am strong. I am blessed. I am a victor, not a victim. I am succeeding, and what I set my hand to do will prosper. I am whole and favored person because of your grace. Can somebody shout amen to that? Now, that's a good prayer. Now, I'll post that because it's too long for you to write. So I'll try to post some of these slides on the web so you can get this. And how many of you know if you get anybody to pray that prayer, they'll be better off? That they would actually declare, I'm blessed. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I'm a whole person. I can do this. What I set my hand to do will work. It's a mindset. And it's more than just positive thinking. But don't be afraid of that. The Christian is a positive thinker. There should be a faith mindset. There should be an idea about how you live and what you say and how you go about it. There's something about that that draws in the blessing of the Lord. Now, let me do... Point number one. Point number one is favor hedges built by understanding God's grace. I want you to understand where this all starts. Where does this favor thing start? Understanding God's grace. Favor of God starts with Christ. The favor of God starts in your life when you receive Christ. There is a difference between an unbeliever, a person who's never been born again, 
A person who has never called on Jesus, never ever had the Holy Spirit dwell in them, have no relationship with the Father, they cannot do what I'm teaching you right now. An unbeliever cannot have what I'm teaching you right now. It only comes through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not any Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It only comes through one mediator, and that is Christ. Only comes through one God, and that's our Father God of the Bible. You can have other things if you do some of the Bible principles because they work no matter who you are, where you are, in some other religion. But I'm talking about the richness now of the Christ blessing and what you inherit in Christ and where the favor starts. The favor starts when you understand the favor of God is, is the grace of God. The favor of God is the grace of God. You can't separate it. The favor of God is in the grace of God. And the reason you got saved, Romans 5 verse 2, because of our faith, you have to have faith to get saved. You can't just be water baptized or sprinkled as a baby and say, okay, I'm saved. Faith in your salvation means you have to know who you call upon, receive Christ into your life. It takes a prayer. It takes an open heart. Because of our faith, Christ, everyone say Christ. Christ Christ has brought us into, I love this translation. This is the NLT, but it says into this place of undeserved privilege, where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Another translation, through Christ, we can approach God and we stand in his favor. So we brag because of our confidence that we will receive glory from God. And so once we were a rejecter, once we were an unbeliever, once we were outside the favor of God, Ephesians says you live under the wrath of God, you live under the judgment of God, you live in darkness, you live separated. There's a lot of words that go with people who don't come over into the Christ realm. When you come into the Christ realm, you step into Jesus through grace, not by works, not by how good you are, not by anything you could do to save yourself because you couldn't save yourself. There's no way you can die for your sin. There's no way you can redeem your own soul. And so you step up and you step into Jesus. And when you step into Jesus, there's grace for the undeserving. There's grace for the sick soul. There's grace for the sin-filled life. There's grace for the broken. There's grace for the person who has done everything wrong. When they step into Christ, they become a brand new creature. We call that good news. Can I hear an amen? amen? What great news that Christ would bring his grace upon your life. Now, Ephesians 1.6, to the praise of his glory, of his grace, by which he made us, what? Accepted into his favor. He accepted us into his favor. 1 Corinthians 1.4, I thank my God always concerning you, for the grace of God, which has been given to you in, in Christ Jesus. You couldn't save yourself, couldn't forgive yourself. You couldn't bring yourself into that kind of favor with God. It was all through Christ. Now, as you understand this, this is the foundation. Your foundation for living in Jesus is grace. Your foundation for receiving his favor is grace. And so even though you might have a mindset that won't receive the favor, we're going to change that because all the favor that God wants to bring into your life will come because there is grace. Listen to these quotes about grace. We, through Christ, have access to all God has for us. What's that mean? We're in grace. We're under grace. We're surrounded by grace. 
We live under grace continually receiving God's divine love and favor, blessings, care, help, benefits, gifts, and goodness all by grace. God the Father is our source of grace. It all comes from grace. There's nothing we can do to get that except to be in Christ. We are made by the grace of God, undeserved, mysterious, too good to be true, and it is. Paul wrote in Romans, he says, if I keep preaching grace, you're going to say to yourself, I think I'm going to go sin more so I can get more grace because it's just too good to be true. Grace is amazing. It is. It's a mysterious, amazing thing. Amazing grace, divine favor brought to us. John Bradford in the 16th century, he came up with a famous saying that has somehow just caught on through the centuries. He was a man who was watching the English guards take and execute the worst of criminals. And so one day he was watching them walk by with all these guards taking these murderers and, and worse, the people that had done enough to be executed in that day. And as they were coming by, he simply said out loud, there go I, but for the grace of God, there go I. Except for the grace of God, there I am. That would be my life. Except for the grace of God, I would have maybe become a criminal, deserving execution, or a thief, or a robber, or a homebreaker, or a rapist, or a murderer, or a liar, or whatever it might be. You start looking at all the things a carnal man can do, and the, and the weird things, and the things that are shameful. And, and when you look at other people, you can get mad at those people. You can be irritated and say, how could you? How could you do that? How could you possibly do that? How could you possibly do that to that child or to that wife or to that friend or, or how could you go there and as you do that just remember as you go there with people how could you how could you it's because that's what sin does that's the sin nature that's how sin takes over a person that's a stronghold of the devil in a person's life and they just go with what happens they've been taken over by sin and the carnal man and sin will harm and destroy and ruin a person and there go I except for the grace of God. So when you get irritated, back your irritation up and just simply say, that could have been me. That could have been me. How did you possibly get a divorce? What is wrong with you? You're a Christian. You know better. How could you possibly do this to your kid? Just remember, there's always a lot more to the story than you will ever know. There's a lot more to the home than you will ever put together. There's a lot more to things that happen. I don't condone divorce. I'm not a person up here saying get a divorce or do these things. I don't condone it, but I certainly understand it when it happens. And I'm not going to condemn the divorced person or, and I can name all the other sins. I don't condone beating your child, but I understand how a parent goes over the line. Because sometimes... I can remember myself wanting to say, I could beat this child. <laughs> but I didn't. But I could say it. I want to beat this child. So I don't condone it, but I understand it. If you're a parent, how many of you would say, I don't condone it, but I understand the insanity sometimes of parenting. Let me see your hands. It just sometimes comes over you, and it's an insanity, and you don't understand it, and it makes you into another person. Well, you understand it. And with marriage, there go I, except for the grace of God. Now listen to this quote. I do not 
at all understand the mystery of grace. Only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it finds us. It meets us where we are, but it doesn't leave us where it finds us. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter how crummy, how awkward, how weird, how dirty. Remember praying with a girl and she just told me because of her lifestyle, she says, I just feel in your church, I just feel so dirty around these people. That's, I just feel dirty. And I said, hon, that's, that's because you're listening to the wrong voice. Now let me give you some stuff. And so I tried to help her because in her mind, she was the dirtiest of all. But grace doesn't leave you dirty. Grace finds you dirty and grace picks you up and makes you clean. Grace doesn't leave you broken. Grace finds you broken, picks you up and heals you every whit whole. Can somebody say hallelujah? And so grace finds, but it doesn't leave you where he finds you. He picks you up. So by grace, everyone say by grace. By grace. Say in grace. In grace. Through, grace. Through grace. Surrounded by grace. All because of grace. That is the foundation to this thing called favor. Okay, point number two. The favor hedge is built by understanding the grace thing, which I just did. Two, it is built by a right perspective. And the right perspective is a mindset. Here's my definition of mindset. Your mindset is probably the most important aspect of your Christian living. Your mind had the potential of assimilating, acclimating to the goodness of God, doctrines of God. Your mind is such a huge part of your growth. That's why the Bible says, put on the helmet of salvation. Renew your mind. Watch the strongholds. Why? Because the way you think, your mindset. A mindset is a set of assumptions. Now, every one of you listening to me on every campus, on Mill Plain, at Pearl, Rocky Butte, Every campus, every person sitting in the cafe, wherever you are, you have a mindset. And your mindset is something that comes from your assumptions. Well, I assumed that God would do. I assumed people would think. I assumed this is the way to go about it. It comes by a set of assumptions, methods, or motivations that have built on if they're wrong, you have a serious flaw. Wrong assumptions and unbiblical thoughts will become what the Bible calls, what I call, a stronghold. So when you allow unbiblical thoughts and you begin to have wrong assumptions about yourself and you begin to try to build a life on that wrong assumption, well, I just assume God doesn't do much with people like me. Well, I just assumed I've been canceled out because of some. I just assumed that this kind of a thing would, I just thought maybe my motivation was not right on this and so I can't correct it. I, I assumed, and so the more you assume the wrong, wrong biblical understanding and you build on that, you build on a faulty foundation. And then out of your thoughts comes your walk. As a man thinks, so is he. Your thoughts begin to direct your steps. And if you have wrong thinking, you start walking the wrong direction. You start confessing the wrong thing about yourself. You start talking about things about your own family tree or your circumstances in the past or the failures or 
whatever it would be, that would, at least in this one particular message, the avenue I'm after, is the one thing, is that you start thinking actually that God cannot favor you. That favor is really not what you will inherit. Oh, you might get a blessing here and there, but you begin to have a wrong mindset about everything to do with your life, from business to job to marrying. And so you start lowering your standard for who you date, lowering your standard for the job you'll apply to, lowering your standard for the college degree you might go for because you think, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, nobody will ever take me in, I don't know how this is going to work. And so your mindset, your assumptions begin to cancel out. Romans 12, 2 says, be conformed to the renewing of the mind. Not the world, but renew your mind. New mindset. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 16 says, even though our outward man is perishing, and this is a strong scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, our inward man is being renewed every day. Every day. Every day. What is your mindset towards yourself? What's your mindset towards your future? What's your mindset about being blessed? Do you actually think that prosperity belongs only to the rich and that you can never ever say to yourself, I'm going to be a prosperous person and your friends will laugh and say, fat chance, buddy. You can't even pay one bill. How are you going to be prosperous? As long as you believe your friends more than the word of God, it will be a fat chance. But if you believe the word of God, you can prosper in your life and succeed at what you put your hand to do and be a person that can be blessed and bless others. Can I hear an amen? amen. You can do that. But the mindset can rob you. Now, here's a mindset that you don't want to have. I call it the Eeyore mindset. Now, the Eeyore mindset is a little funny donkey that Disney made up that hangs around with Winnie the Pooh and company. Where they have made millions of dollars on Eeyore, because Eeyore identifies millions of people that identify with Eeyore. Why? Eeyore is depressed. Eeyore is negative about everything. Eeyore cannot see good in anything. Eeyore believed that the cloud over his head is divine cloud. It's the sovereignty of God. It follows me around. Everything bad, everything dark, nothing works out. It's the Eeyore principle of a mindset. The Eeyore principle is negative. The Eeyore principle, the glass is always half empty. The Eeyore principle, this will never happen to me. And so people start talking this way, they start living this way, and they become an Eeyore, and their head gets down, and the black cloud comes over them, and sure enough, the cloud is filled with no good things, nothing works out, everything is negative, and the Eeyore spirit draws in more donkeys just like Eeyore, and more circumstances that don't work out, and more things that confirm the black cloud hangs over your life, and the more it confirms, the more you say, the more you say, the more the cloud gets filled, and you just have this cloud thing going on. You fill it with your negative thoughts, it rains more more upon you, negative thought, more upon you, and then you just walk around in life like Eeyore and say, nobody will ever want to marry me because you know what? I'm just, I'm just not that good looking. Everybody else is good looking, but you know, in, in the church, the guys only go after the pretty girls, and I'm just a normal girl. I'm a very good girl, but nobody will ever marry me. If you talk like that, nobody will ever marry you. <laughs> the more you confess it, really, you're just normal? I was looking for something a little, I guess, not normal, but that's what you are. Yes, I'm just normal. Okay, well, I'm going to pray for you, normal. And then you go on. And so what happens is you begin to actually feed your life 
with, you know, there's 40 people waiting for that job. I'm not going to apply. Why? Because they won't hire me. They won't hire me because, you know, I probably won't even get to see the guy. And if I get to see the guy, he'll probably say, well, 38 people before you or 41 and there's more people. And so I'm not even going to apply. And so you actually talk yourself even out of applying. So you go apply at Burger King. There's not 40 people waiting. Why? There's a reason. At the gas station. Nothing against Burger King and gas station unless you own them. But I'm not sure... You should work. That's not your dream job. Oh, I can't wait to work for Burger King. Hallelujah. Here I come, Burger King. I can't wait to stand on the cold and pump gas all day. Here I come, Chevron gas station. It is the will of God for my life. I would say aim a little higher. But the ER spirit gets you down and down and down. Oh, no, promotion won't come to me. Why? Because, you know, I don't even know why Jesus lives in me. I'm not even sure why he wants to live in me. I'm such a negative person. I'm not sure even Jesus feels at home in me. It's that Eeyore spirit. How many of you have ever known an Eeyore person? Oh, how many of you love to hang around and get under their cloud? Say, come on, cloud of negativity, wrong emotion, bad circumstance, nothing works out. Come on, I want to hang out with you. Okay, let's take it one step further. How many of you don't just have an Eeyore friend? How many of you are the donkey itself? <laughs> come on, how many of you have ever been an Eeyore? Lift your hand, you lying spirits, come out. <laughs> come on. Why? Because that's how the enemy stops what God wants to do in your life. My Bible says, I am the head, not the tail. My Bible says, I am a son. I am a daughter of the king. My Bible says that God's hand is on my life for good. My Bible says that God makes a way for me because he loved me and his love has been put over my life. My Bible says that I am forgiven and I am valuable to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I am valuable to God. I am valuable to the church. My Bible says I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a unique person. There's no one like me. You might think I'm peculiar, but I'm just unique in God. I'm so special. God doesn't and wasted time making so many of me because I'm just so unique. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are. You are unique. I want you to have a new Bible mindset. Would you put down a scripture right there? Genesis 12.2. Read it in the Amplified. Genesis 12.2 says... And I will make you a great nation. I want you to think about your own life. I will bless you. Amplified says this. I will bless you with abundant increases of favors. I will bless you with an abundant increase of favors. And I will make your name famous and distinguished. And you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. I want to claim that for everybody. Listen to my voice. That you will be a person that will receive abundant favor from God. 
And that you will be a blesser of other people. That you will not just be a taker, you'll be a giver. And if you've had a relationship problem, get it healed up and help other people not have it. If you were raised in a family where dad and mom were just bad news, learn from it, forgive them, love them, go on with life, and then use your experience to minister to other people. Can I hear an amen? amen. I want you to take these down and pray them through. I want you to focus your favorite outlook. New mindset, new thoughts, favorite outlook. Here's what I want you to do. There's eight of these. And so I'm just going to rattle them off. One, God's favor is his special affection toward me that releases influence on me. Esther 5 and verse 8, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, it does, then let the king and Haman come to the banquet. Proverbs 3 verse 4, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. Proverbs 8.35, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor. Proverbs 12.2, a good man obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 13.15, good understanding gains favor. But the way of the unfaithful is very hard. Special affection toward me that and releases the influence on me is that the word of God becomes an influence on me. The Holy Spirit becomes an influence on me. God's favor becomes an influence on me. I begin to claim Proverbs 3, 4, 8, 35, 12, verse 2, 13, 15 as the way I think and the way I live. Number two, God's favor turns my weeping into joy. Psalm 30, verse 5, for his anger is but for a moment. You might be going through some moments of life. They're just for a moment. The crisis, the challenge, the brokenness, the, the irritation. But it says in Psalm 30, verse 5, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Don't let weeping endure for a week or a month or a lifetime. Take on the favor of God. God wants to favor your steps and your decisions. Even though you go through a hard time and you go through a crisis and some things are not working out the way you thought, you claim Psalm 30 and verse 5. Also Isaiah 61 verse 3, it says that he will give them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness. Isaiah 61 3 is real. There are people whose lives are like ashes. Burned out, burned up, nothing. You don't think you have anything to offer. But I'll tell you right now, you serve a living God who is a specialist with ashes. He takes the burned out and the burned up and he makes something beautiful out of it. And so if you're at that place or if you have a spirit of heaviness, change it for a new garment of praise. Favor will get your perspective right. Number three, God's favor marked me with his peculiar signature. God puts his name on you. Of a special grace. Now I'm believing this for you and I hope you believe it. To succeed, prosper, and have influence. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to prosper having more than enough. Enough to share with others. And God wants you to have influence. Influence in people's life because of your character. Because of your faithfulness. Because of your integrity. Because of your compassion. Everybody here, it doesn't matter who you are. You can have influence in people's lives because of Jesus in you. 
because of your love and your care and your depth of compassion and your spirit of wisdom to counsel, you can have influence in people's lives. You can have influence where you work. God wants to do something that will cause you to have influence. Psalms 90 verse 17 says that he will establish the work of our hand. James 1.17 says every good gift comes from above. I'm expecting it. Number four, God's favor finds the single person a great spouse. Favor to find a great spouse. Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. God has the right spouse for you. Don't lower your standard. Don't lower your sight. Don't make yourself damaged goods. Don't make yourself someone that you don't think should even aim that high. I want to give you a word today, and I want you to believe it for every single man, every single woman that is seeking to have relationship and to get married and to have a happy home and a happy marriage. I want favor to come upon you like Ruth in the Old Testament. It says in Ruth chapter 2 and verse 10, So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, To Boaz, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz had noticed her from the first day. She was not the person he should have noticed. Boaz is rich. Boaz is kind. Boaz is the kind of husband that would send you to the mall and tell you to buy all the shoes you ever wanted. Boaz is the kind of husband that gives you the credit card and just winks and says, don't worry about it, hon. Go have a good time. You want to shop, you shop on me. Boaz is the person who has secret presence for you all the time. Boaz is the person that's secure. He has a good bank account. He's wise with his money. And his biggest joy in life is taking care of you. You're the apple of his eye. He can't wait to take care of you. I want to say to all the young ladies, get a Boaz spirit. Pray for a rich, generous single man who thinks you are the world and that he wants you to shop, eat, and be merry the rest of your life and stay properly fit. He wants you. God wants to bless you. He wants to favor your relationships. He wants to give you above what you're thinking right now. He wants to give you more than you're thinking. Guys, same word to you. God wants to favor you with the right wife because the right wife is favor from the Lord. A right wife will do for you what no one else can do. They can protect you. They can minister to you. They can do everything you need if you get the right woman. Not a selfish woman. Not a woman who will take advantage of the Boaz spirit, but a woman who will serve you and make you look good all the time. Never talks about you. Never gets in a circle of women and they're talking about the husband and then she starts railing on the husband. Yeah, well, you don't know my husband. He is... You have a problem understanding favor. Never, ever, ever criticize your husband to anybody else. I know we can be criticized and we have a lot of things to be criticized, but don't do it. Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> Whenever my wife speaks, I always have to say to her, Sharon, 
because she doesn't speak negative to me, but it's just the illustration she gives to me, I think, do not paint the best side of me. <laughs> and I'm very sensitive to having the best side painted, not the other side. So I say to her, you spoke today, yes. Did you use me as illustrations? She goes, nothing you wouldn't care about. Oh my goodness, there it is. <laughs> like Frank doesn't do any yard work. Neither did Jesus. Adam did, and look what trouble he got into. I go with the Jesus model. Crosses, people, wells. You don't find Jesus weeding the yard. He is a different person. I go with that. I do let my wife shop. Doesn't matter what I say. And she has a way about getting things by me. And what she does is she'll go shop and say, well, I'm going to the mall. I'm going to do fine. I'm watching basketball. Then she comes back and she slipped down the hallway. And I don't see what she has. And then this bag comes out two days later. Or like this animal she's wearing this morning. I've never seen this animal. So I said, I've not seen that top. She goes, oh, I've had it. Yeah, you've had it hidden under something. And then when I forgot, she even went shopping. Then she brings it out and she says, oh, yeah, I've had that. Oh. And that, oh, yeah, that's a replacement. Oh. She takes advantage of my, what would you call it? Are there any other husbands on any campus that ever get taken advantage of like me? Good, good. Uh. All right, number five. God goes before me with favor that overtakes me wherever I go. Deuteronomy 28, come on, believe the overtaking spirit. That the blessing shall come upon you and overtake you. Wow. One translation says they will run after you and tackle you. How many of you are ready to be tackled? That the blessings would run after you and just pursue you in a way. Deuteronomy 31, 8. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you and he will not forsake you. He will give you the advantage. Psalms 102, 13 says now is the time. Number six, God's favor can bring supernatural increase and promotion. Believe it and let it happen. You don't have to wiggle your way up to the top. There's supernatural increase. Genesis 39, 4 says, and Joseph found favor. How? Because he served where he was. He was in prison. He was in prison because somebody lied about him. In other words, the position he found himself in was not one he made himself. He was taken advantage of. It was abusive. He could have had an attitude. But when the jailer leader came to him and said, Joseph, will you help me out? Joseph says, I certainly will. How can I serve you in this jail? And then there came a time when others heard about what he did. And then promotion comes. Promotion comes when you actually serve where you are, not where you want to be. You start where you are. Number seven, God's favor removes the mountains in my path. Zechariah 4, 6, and 7 says, Cry grace, favor, favor to the mountains before you. Let that word come out of your mouth. The rest of this year, cry favor and grace to the mountains in front of you. And it says, God will take these mountains down 
And number eight, God's favor opened doors for me that no man can shut. I'll leave that up for a second. Oh, she's already changed it. God's favor opened doors for me that nobody can shut. You don't sit around worrying, oh, I don't know if that door is going to open. If you're walking in favor, just declare it. The door will stay open as long as I need it. If someone else steps in front of you like the man in John 5 where he was down there to try to get his healing and it says another man stepped in front of him when the water was stirred up and that man was healed and he missed it. Just remember this. Jesus doesn't have to wait for the stirring of the water. He still healed the man who didn't get in because someone stepped in before him. If you get somebody that steps in before you, just remember Jesus is greater than those who cut in line. Don't, don't be critical. Don't take them apart. God's got it in control. Smile, take it in and say, my time will come. God keeps the books. Come on, can I hear an amen? amen. How many got something out of this message? How many of you need a pretty heavy dose of favor right now? Come on, how many of you need your mindset to change? How many of you need the Eeyore cloud to go away? I believe.